0: Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. Dr. Tammy Grubb is the president of the International Academy for Veterinary Pain Management. When we talk about pain in our pets, I mean, I just said international, right? So when we talk about pain in our pets, uh, she is the person to talk with. And we'll be talking with her about a very important upcoming event. Gene O'Neill is the CEO of the North American Veterinary Community, Running, among many other things, the VMX Veterinary Conference, the largest meeting
1: like this on the planet. That's a lot of pressure, Gene. Yeah, thanks for that, for that no problem. intro, Steve. No. Um, yes, uh, the VMX is our flagship pr- product. I call it the Jewel of January. This, <laughs> year, this year it's a show of shows, but yes, it's the largest continuing education event. In the world. Yeah, for veterinarians
0: and veterinary professionals, actually, including technicians of all kinds. Uh, first of all, I don't know that people know that veterinarians and uh, technicians every year must get continuing education credits so they keep up. This is a place to go. Did you know that even before going into this profession, that veterinarians need to do this?
1: So, um, being a professional myself outside of the veterinary field, yes, I I still have my own continuing education I go through. Uh, I knew that it was it was necessary for them to keep abreast, and it's necessary and for your listeners that that your veterinarian. Does this because things change so rapidly. Are you amazed at how uh, it, much they do change? It, it changes daily. And, yeah. and when you read about some of the innovations that are coming out to really prolong the life of your pet, is what their mission is. And by keeping abreast of that, you should feel more comfortable that your veterinarian is taking advantage or your whole entire veterinary healthcare yeah. team yeah. is taking advantage of these types of educational opportunities. And also the technology now.
0: I mean, you have a whole place. First of all, your exhibit hall, I think, is literally as large as a football field. Oh, uh, multiple football fields. Really?
1: Yes. We no could. wonder it takes me so long to uh, cross from one end to the other. <laughs> if you want to count your steps, this is the place to be. You know what you That's... should do? I've got an idea.
0: You should put goalposts up where the ends of the football stadium would be. So people can actually feel frame I've, of reference. T- yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, you're I mean, right. it's it's yeah.
1: more no. than one football field. Oh yeah, we have multiple. We have over. Do you know how many exhibits we have? Uh, we have over 150 thousand square feet that we utilize. Uh, over 700 exhibit booths that we have this year, which is a record for us. And, and that includes new technology. All new technology. We have a certain section for, that we call new product gallery. So all of those up and coming entrepreneurs that have their inventions or innovations coming out, they're displayed there and and for the for the whole market to see. And well, then, that's cool in itself because if you're a smaller company, it is
0: hard to get exposure and it is hard to afford that exposure. And you give them the opportunity, which is wonderful.
1: And, and it's been great for, for a number of them. Uh, we, we follow that up with what we call our own version of Shark Tank. So it's a pet pitch competition. And we select the best of the best. And they go on from here. of our past winners have you know, doubled or tripled their staff, their revenue. So it, it really is the exposure that they're getting. The product... Aside, it's just the exposure that they're getting from the marketplace here, which is, you know, for them, remarkable. Because you have so many people here, quite literally, and from all over the world. I mean, it's
0: like walking down, uh, I don't know, uh, in Chicago, Michigan Avenue, and you hear all these languages all around you. It is the same thing.
1: We have uh, over 26,000 healthcare professionals here this week from 82 different countries. Uh, so, yes, it's a melting pot. Definitely, for sure.
0: Which is a wonderful thing because they bring their innovation as well. They meaning other countries. We're not the only ones, right? So others bring what they know here too. And it's an opportunity to share all this information.
1: Yeah, as as a matter of fact, our theme this year was the show of shows, is the show of shows, which is a a tip of the cap to the World's Fairs of... Yesterday, year, even even well, today, in where Chicago there was the
0: Columbian Exposition of eighteen seventy-one. I think it was eighteen ninety-three. I'm told. I'm a little off. Uh, and there still are uh, buildings yeah. that exist from that. Actually, yeah. so where did
1: yeah. you get the idea to say this is the
0: show of yeah. shows?
1: <laughs> so l- listen, we have a lot of creative people on our staff, and we like to invigorate our event year to year and uh, we do that by just brainstorming different things and and like uh, i don't want to disclose what it is for next year but it'll be f- evident fairly fairly quickly with some of the events that are going on but it was really just sitting back and saying you know we have all these people coming together which is like the world's fairs yeah it is right so uh, yeah we're, we're we're everyone's sharing their inventions their innovations cultural uh cultural differences and that's what we're doing here this week so it's just a sharing of 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 all those things amongst all the attendees
0: you know i was going to go to one particular session and i don't get time as often as i'd like because i'm doing interviews like this or i'm doing a session myself you know but i wanted to go to one session and i couldn't get in the room because it was so filled up so then i go down and i thought okay uh I want to see she's a friend, right? I wanted to see. So I go down the hall. I wanted to see someone else speak about something else and wasn't able to do that either. But then I landed at a place where I learned about pancreatitis, which is a common problem in our dogs. And there is a new product out and there's a new way of thinking about it. And I got the opportunity to learn about it. And I thought, okay, all of us all 300 people in the room are like the first to get this from experts by the way the panel included two Americans but someone else from I think South Korea I'm not sure but another country yeah. and I think it was South Korea and what a great learning yeah. experience but that's replicated time and time right. again.
1: Right I mean we bring together the best minds in the business for sure no doubt and and being exposed to it like that beginning of the year is, is critical because because keeping ahead of the wave of the technolog- technological changes, uh, new innovations, new procedures, they want to they want to leave here and employ them in their business place right away. Mm-hmm. So having that type of exposure from around the world, hearing different things and seeing different things is a great benefit for the for the pet owner because this this allows them to feel more relaxed and more confident in their veterinary healthcare team, that they are being educated with the latest and the greatest.
0: That is a great point. I want to talk about some of that latest and greatest, in particular AI, when we come back and some of the changes you've seen in the four years... Five years? you uh, Four been in years as CEO. Okay, four. Well, I was. Yeah. Okay, four years. I'm counting the years. Yes. Four years yeah. as CEO and more than that. Seven uh, years here? Eight years? Ten
1: years in total. Okay, well. Four years as CEO. I'm moderately close. So. But
0: since then, it gives you a good perspective. A lot of changes have occurred, and you would think, how many changes can happen in ten years? We'll talk about that when we come back on WGN. Gene O'Neill is the CEO of. Of the North American Veterinary Communities (VMX) veterinary conference, and so much more than that. Actually, you have magazines, and you have all these things that you do. I opened my toaster oven; I saw <laughs> VMX inside. I mean, you're everywhere.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm glad that we got inside your toaster because that was a little, that was the first. <laughs> that place was a goal, should, yes. Was. But no, so so VMX is um, is our is our flagship product but we do have publications we have other small intimate style live events as well we just launched uh, a series of those last year and they're really more flexible and nimble from a location and topic specific perspective Uh, where you take
0: a deep dive or the experts there into cancer care or whatever the topic is right
1: And, and and our intention there was was to really get out into some of the more underrepresented communities. And I don't mean underrepresented from any other perspective other than they may not have access to education as the larger cities um, might might avail them to, so we launched our first one last year in Austin, and, and and the product is called Hive. So Hive being a community of learners, that type of that type mm-hmm. of thing. But we we offered it to the veterinary technician and nurse community solely. So it was topics just for them at a price that was beyond reasonable it was $25 for two days of education it costs that much to park your car exactly exactly yeah. but but the thing that we the, the thing that we got from that which i'm so proud of is our intention was like i said to to get into these underrepresented communities 80 percent of the attendees at that event had never gone to a live continuing education event before mm. so it sort of fulfilled what we were trying to accomplish. Yeah, we got the word out; they attended. I mean, it's it, it's unbelievable the the uh, the magnitude and the, and the reach that we can get, you know, both from our publication uh, branch, our online learning branch, and now these little live events. You know, VMX is not for everyone. You know, eighty two countries being represented here is great. Um, But we're still only scratching the surface on on the amount of people we can touch. Yeah. I mean, the reality is that it could be hard to get away from work. You know, you've got
0: three kids at home and maybe you're a single mom or whatever the circumstances are. You may not be able to get to Orlando, where we are now, or any veterinary conference anywhere because you just can't get away right you know and and or some bosses don't let you off work so easily or whatever your circumstances are so that is hugely important you are bringing the conference all over the country which is great yeah uh things have changed since you've been here i'm talking about the profession
1: it 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 has it's uh you know I, i first came in as a cfo um, so I was more interested in other things besides the are profession. Are we making money? How much money? <laughs> right? Yes. But as a, when I was elevated to the role of CEO, uh, getting involved with with the topics in the profession was an interest to me. What is, what is on the minds of the veterinary health care team? What are their problems? What are the issues? And that's what we start to address. That's what we're trying to solve here with the education that we provide. You know, your, 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 your listeners uh, will hear of terms like access to care, which is barriers for pet owners, whether it be financial, geographic, cultural, whatever it is. But we're trying to provide some dialogue and discussion around how do we solve those problems to incre- increase pet ownership and also to increase the longevity of your pet's lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens here. That This is the information and that And not only share. longevity, but the quality of life. Quality of yeah, life. Yeah, when it comes to pets, that matters. Right. Uh, are you amazed by the technology? I'm amazed and a little, a little frightened by it. Okay, explain uh, that. It, it, it just happens so fast. Um, you know, AI, we talk, let's talk about AI as sure. a piece of technology. Um, talking about this to my staff and, you know, to them, chat GPT is AI to them. Well, uh-huh. we all know that that's a piece, a small piece of what artificial intelligence can do. But I'm seeing now here some of the exhibitors that we have and some of the new products coming out and how it's being utilized. It's not just the, using the, 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 the latest and the greatest technology. But the reason behind that, the use of that, is, again, for your, for your listeners to know that your veterinarian's time is valuable. And sometimes they may not be able to see their veterinarian because of other, other responsibilities they may have. AI is starting to step in to alleviate some of the time pressures and time constraints they have. Things like back office administration. AI gets involved to transcribe notes rather than having the veterinarian sit there for three or four hours at the end of the day trying to do all that. So AI is really getting involved to free up their time to spend more time with their clients, their patients. And also
0: help with diagnosis, too. Yeah. So now the blood work is read by still people, but also AI technology can do that. It's happening in human medicine, but what's happening also is the same thing in our animal medicine.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's really exciting. And and to me, I mean, one of the things that I saw that, I'm, uh, that I was really interested in is uh, how it's being used to... To determine if cats are in pain, so you know felines—it's you know, in their DNA. They're predators, and if they were to show their pain, they become the prey and uh-huh. not the predator, right? Right. So anyone who will, who has cats as pets, there's technology out there that you can use your iPhone to determine the the, the facial. Uh, the, the the facials it's called the grimace scale, right? And, and, and I uh,
0: know I talk about this actually, yeah. so I know exactly. So you know, what you're, yeah. Right. yeah. I, well, not only do I know, I was in on a lot of it. So yes, you can actually look at a cat's face if you know what you're looking for, and veterinarians are being taught this. But AI also is doing part of the job, right? Which is amazing,
1: right? It is. And again, it all goes back to, uh, one, it, this isn't so much as shifting the responsibility to the pet owner, but at least making them aware of when there could be a problem where you have to go see your vet. And again, you know, as AI comes in, now you'll be able to see your vet more frequently or, or more comfortably because the vet's time is now a little more free Yeah, by using these AI yeah, so you use your phone. Who doesn't like taking a picture
0: of their cat? And all you do is take a picture of your cat. Right. And then the rest is done for you. Right. And it gives you an idea. But it also, uh, I think, alerts pet parents that, okay, your cat, it, it makes people more aware of what the possibilities are and therefore maybe pay more attention to what their cat is telling them, right. our pets are always communicating with us, right? Exactly, and, and this is a way to. I, I love this stuff, yeah. but you are a technology guy, so you must be, really be like, wow. Well, this is I, amazing.
1: And again, like I said, I'm I'm amazed and and sometimes a little frightened by it, uh, what it could do or, or what it should do. Let's put it that way. But uh, you walk around the the exhibit floor here, and this has become the new the new wave. The new uh, it's not the latest, uh, you know, shot that you would get, whether it be for, um, you know, pain or diabetes or something like that. This is technology being used. Although
0: those shots you get, that's always changing, too. You know, and now there are examples. We don't have time for it, but there are examples of things medically. That are happening that includes those shots yeah. your pet gets yeah. or, don't, or don't get in some yeah. cases. I
1: mean, and, and those are always being improved as well. Yeah, you know, every year they're coming out with the, the latest and greatest product for you know teas, um, fleas, and ticks. Um, oh, there's that too. Yeah, you know, all, all those yeah. are always being improved. Yeah, you know, they'll always be there. Someone will come up with the latest and greatest. Yeah, for it. Yeah, you know, but this other this other area of technology and how it's being used to me is is incredible. All right. Well. It's a pleasure to be here once again, and I'm thankful
0: for your time. Thank you very much, and for putting on the greatest show.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Gene O'Neill. Thank you, Steve.
0: So here's what you do. Go to WGNRadio.com, and on the website, you see listed all sorts of possible tabs, and one is podcast, and then click on that or go to that, and then you see the WGN Radio Petcast. One and only, as far as I know, kind in the country like it, that is a pet cast where I have the opportunity to go in depth to talk in great detail with all sorts of veterinary and animal behavior experts. Of course, that's at WGNRadio.com. The most recent one is with a friend of mine who has changed more in veterinary medicine, the most influential veterinarian in decades, I believe, and that is Dr. Marty Becker, who created the the initiative called Fear Free. What's that all about? How does that matter to your pets? Well, check it out at WGNRadio.com. Oh, you could also check out my website, and that's stevedale.tv. She is the president of the International Academy of Veterinary Pain Management, and also adjunct professor at Washington State University. I am honored, honored to talk to you anytime that I do, Dr. Tammy Grubb. You know, uh, you will be at this event, April 13th and 14th, co-hosted by North Carolina State University College of Veterinary Medicine's Feline Health Center and the Every Cat Health Foundation, two nonprofits, You, by the way, all of you can attend this, you know, because this is available to everybody. Veterinary professionals will be attending. They'll be getting continuing education credits, but all of you in the public can attend in person or virtually. You are one of the speakers, and we are so excited because few on the planet know as much about pain management in cats.
2: You are very kind to say that But I can be topped by a lot of people Including the other speakers at this conference It's so doubt. exciting And you know, just to start it off though I want to thank you back for having me I'm the honored one You get all these honors for the media work you no, do no, no, And no, so no. to include me is amazing no. And also honored to be a speaker at the symposium The other speaker, amazing Like the people we all look up to And I am so excited to hear that That anyone can come So anyone that has a cat And especially a cat in pain or that might be in pain or you want to know what cat pain looks like, everybody should
0: come. And it's available virtually. So if you can't go to Raleigh, North Carolina, you can, if you have a computer or a phone, you you can watch this, you know, and it's not a lot of money to do it. And the money does go to, as I said, to nonprofits. Uh, So I want to talk about pain in cats and what you will be talking about. Uh, And when you began your career Did you have any idea, first of all, that you would have this special, you also are a specialist in anesthesia, but that you would go down this route? And why is understanding and doing something about pain so important to you?
2: To answer the first question, no. If you had told me this was my lot in life, I would have thought you were crazy. First of all, I graduated long enough ago that animal pain was not addressed, kind of ignored, a lot ignored. And then I really, I came from a background of being with a mixed practitioner, and that's what I wanted to do is go back and treat dogs and cats and cattle and horses. And I think I'm a really good example to all young veterinarians just keep your mind open because doors just kept opening unusual doors that I thought well I could I could see and ended up yes in anesthesia and then in anesthesia developed this really really strong interest in pain management and now it's it's my mission not only to improve the, the quality of life of cats going forward, but also maybe to atone for some of my mistakes when I didn't know that cats felt pain. So rather than feel guilty, I just say, I'm going to make it better for everybody else. But no, this is kind of a surprise for me.
0: Isn't it crazy, though, at one point in time, even veterinary professionals kind of discounted the importance that pain plays in welfare? and in general health of their client of the animals and that
2: is so true pain isn't just ouch right like you said it's a welfare issue it's a health issue i mean really pain causes so many negative effects And I think it was ignored back then because we just didn't know. We didn't know the commonality of the mammalian pain pathway, That meaning that all of the structures that create and transmit pain in our bodies, it's the same structures in cats and dogs. And now we know that. And plus, they're so good at not showing us they're in pain.
0: Cats in particular. Oh,
2: cats are the the worst for (laughs) not saying anything. And so I think we just... I don't think there were any bad-hearted veterinarians out there. We just didn't know, and they didn't show it in a way that we recognize. And now we're all going, oh, my goodness, we could have done better. But if you don't know, you don't know.
0: Right, and now there's more that we can do about it, which we'll get to. You know, I want to ask you about the – you've taught me a lot of things. And one of those things that you've taught me is that you said that people that have – humans that have, you know, us – that have we rarely talk about humans here on this show, <laughs> but but there are people uh, who have chronic pain are also likely to be clinically depressed, and now medicine understands that for humans, if it's true and we're wired the same way or similarly as dogs or cats, do you suspect that it's true for dogs? and or cats
2: no a hundred percent that's such a good call that's such a good analogy and and you're right the 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 correlation between chronic pain and depression in humans is huge and not only must it be the same in our pets as for the reasons that you just said because of the wiring but let me tell you we have evidence how many times have we put a pet on medication for chronic pain and the pet parent says to us He's like a puppy again and it's not just about mobility it's about wow i want to play i want to do things and to me that really indicates that there is a better mental quality of life too not just a physical quality of life so yeah i do think it happens
0: yeah so if the cat is maybe eating and a lot of the cats that have osteoarthritis pain anyway they do a lot of that because they may also be overweight or obese And is maybe not jumping on the couch because they can't, but you help them up, and they're lying next to you, and they purr, they seem happy. Maybe they're even using the litter box, but they're not playing at that point, and they're not investigating. They are not being a cat.
2: Right. And those are so those analogies are so good, that playing, that investigating. That's what cats should be doing. Like, they they want to have their little toy. They want to explore the whole world. And yeah, you know, I think that's, the slowing down is often confused with aging and yeah they might not do it as much as they age just like i can't play tennis every day anymore but i still (laughs) love tennis and so yeah i'm not very good at it so they should still be doing the things they love even if they're doing them less frequently and if they're not that's a sign that it's more than aging it's more than obesity it's probably pain whatever it is that cat should be brought into the veterinarian for an exam
0: All right, we're going to be back talking about cats and pain, how you can identify that your cat is in pain. It seems like, why do you have to discuss that? Turns out to be a topic worthy of discussion, because as you mentioned, cats hide pain very, very well. But more importantly, what the heck do you do about it? We'll be back talking to Dr. Tammy Grubb when we come back. She is the Of the International Academy of Veterinary Pain Management, the president. I'm the
2: president. The president. Yes, it's like a little overwhelming. And tell I, me yeah. about
0: tell me about this nonprofit.
2: You know, it's a fa- fabulous nonprofit, and we are, as it sounds, we are devoted to teaching people about pain in animals, researching pain in animals, and even more important, teaching and researching how to alleviate or prevent pain. And we're focused on dogs and cats, but really support all species and trying to expand more in other species. And we're truly international. And it's a, it's a group of everybody because pain is everybody's problem. So we're not all pain specialists or anesthetists like I am. We have internal medicine. We have surgeons. We have general practitioners. We have researchers, we have students, really anybody that wants to eliminate animal pain should join the IVAPM.
0: Oh, anybody can.
2: Pre- I think so. I've not really had anybody just walk off the street and want to join, but certainly anyone with a professional interest. To learn more about
0: it, do you know the website?
2: Absolutely, IVAPM.org.
0: IVAPM.org. We are talking specifically about cats and pain. Cats don't necessarily wave up their paw Tuesday morning and say, I hurt. How can you tell, and actually... We can't answer this question because we would be here for an hour. This would be a whole lecture that you give. Because cats mask pain in so, so many different ways.
2: They really do. And the reason they do, it's for survival, because you and I might talk about our pain because we're not in a prey-predator world. But if a cat vocalizes pain or shows pain, that poor cat doesn't know who's a predator. And it's a survival instinct. We're not preying on our cats, but it's a survival instinct. So they hide anything that might look like weakness, like pain. And just a really quickie, the things that we're looking for is not what pet parents expect. We're not looking for crying. They don't cry. We're not looking for cessation of eating they'll eat till the absolute last minute if they do stop it's bad but as long as they are eating it doesn't mean it's pain we are looking for behavior changes and mobility changes so if your cat's behavior changes or its mobility changes go to the veterinarian it might not be pain but it's highly likely that it is
0: you know what i like to say anytime there's a change in any pet's behavior there's likely a reason for it
2: that's so true, it's and you as simple know as that. it is as simple as that. And it might be something uh, like you got a new cat, and the the second, the first cat doesn't like it. It's not always pain or sickness, but, but veterinarians can help with behavior too. So yeah, really and you don't int- know what it
0: is until no. until you know what it is
2: <laughs> exactly. Need that diagnosis. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. All right, so it can be very, very subtle, as subtle as the fact that your cat's just not jumping on the furniture as much, still doing it. not Or if you took a, if your phone and you recorded it in slow motion, it looks different than what it did before. Or it could be that the cat is eating but not with the enthusiasm that the cat currently ate. I mean, it can really, and we could go through a hun- literally a hundred <laughs> of these, right? But it can really look subtle. Once you identify with your veterinarian's help, that it is arthritis, osteoarthritis, what next?
2: The next thing is we want to treat that pain. And I want pet parents, cat parents, to not be afraid of treatment. Y- you've probably heard it. I've heard it. Oh, I don't want to put him on medication. Of course you do. We're treating pain. You would want medication for pain. It doesn't have to be medication. There's things like acupuncture and massage and things we can also try.
0: Which, which can help.
2: It can really help. Changes are,
0: in yeah. diet, uh, all these things, uh, a, a targeted pulsed electromagnetic therapy, <laughs> fancy, fancy thing. Right. But all of these things can help and they do yes actually weight loss
2: is a huge help yes
0: yeah so you've got all of these things but now there's something new that's here
2: there is something new, and it's very exciting because prior to this new drug, we had nothing that was FDA-approved to treat chronic pain in cats, so we still treated it, but we didn't have that robust science that comes with an FDA-approved drug, and the drug we're talking about is called Silencia, or Frunavetmab is the chemical name, and it's a new class of drugs. Called anti nerve growth factor monoclonal antibodies, and I want to encourage everybody out there to, when you're watching commercials, look at what platform the drug is, and you'll see a lot of monoclonal antibodies. It's an amazing platform for drugs.
0: Can you explain generally what that what that means? Yeah, for sure. Covid for people, there's a monoclonal antibody.
2: Yes, there is. There's a lot of them, and the for
0: cancer treatments now and a lot of things for people. I'm absolutely, talking about. Right, right. so
2: many because it's such a safe platform, and w- the body already makes antibodies. Probably everybody remembers their immunology back from phys- from early freshman college, and so the body makes antibodies that fight disease. And te- te- with technology, we can actually build our own antibodies, the monoclonal antibodies, to Target a, per, a, a specific disease Or a specific protein And so these drugs Are made, these monoclonal antibodies Are designed to, manufacture to Target nerve growth factor Which is a very, very potent Pain generator and propagator That is Present with osteoarthritis And it's a, so it's a, this Great monoclonal antibody platform It targets a really painful target And it's a subcutaneous Injection once a month Month. And so, that means
0: it's just like a shot. It's a shot, yeah. yeah,
2: just once a month, and so the pet parent doesn't have to give pills every day. That's better for the cat. It's better for the <laughs> pet parent. Better for everybody.
0: Yeah, when you when you prescribe a pill for a cat, generally one of a couple things happens. I suspect uh, that the pet parent runs out of your off screaming, I'm not going to do this. Uh, Or they try to do it and the cat objects and it never gets into the cat. Or they think it gets into the cat. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Is that a combination about right?
2: Yes, that is so true. And, and the problem too that it's difficult to to pill cats. They don't like to take oral medication, and so you usually kind of have to force them. That's no fun for the pet parent. That's no fun for the cat. So yeah, they end up usually not treating the cat at all. So the cat doesn't get treated, and the cat now is hiding under the bed more because a it's painful, so it wants to get away from the pet parent, and b now you've tried to shove pills down its throat, so it's doubly hiding, and so now. Now the cat's not getting treated. The human-animal bond is fractured, and that just makes me so sad. And the cat's getting worse under the bed, and now nobody's seeing him. So it's a lose, 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 unless that cat is easy to medicate, and there are not many that are. So this injection, the shot, is really almost miraculous for cats.
0: Yeah, so different cats, different responses, I suppose. What are you seeing? Because it's been out for a while now. I've seen some videos that are like before and after. It's like, are you sure that's the same cat?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with you. And, of course, there's different responses any time we treat, especially pain, because pain it can be mild, moderate, severe, come from the joints only, come from lots of multiple places. Like, pain is so complex. But we do see at least some response in 95% of the cats. This is an amazingly potent drug. And some cats, like you said, are a miracle, and some get at least better enough that they're sitting on the couch again with the owner and purring again and 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 sometimes we don't see a big change in mobility because maybe the cats have been painful long enough they don't have a lot of muscle mass because they haven't been moving but we're looking for that change in quality of life and behavior that purring again i've got my cat back again
0: and you're hearing a lot of that a lot of that yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, give me the website for the International Veterinary Academy of Pain Management one more time. Thank
2: you for asking IVAPM.org.
0: And April 13th and 14th is the event you can hear, or if you come down to Raleigh, North Carolina, see Dr. Grubb at, and many colleagues who will be speaking, all uh, you, you, I would assume, agree this is kind of a nice lineup.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, These are the, we're lucky. I, I feel like imposter syndrome. The, no, syndrome. no, no. These no, no, are the not rock you. stars no. of cat pain management. Like the people, like we idolize. So yes, if anybody gets a chance to come or listen, please, you, you'll, you'll be amazed.
0: And to learn more about it and be amazed, everycat.org. dot org, Doctor Grubb, It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
2: Thanks, Steve. I feel the same way.
0: It's that time of year. The list of the most popular dog names. I've got it. This one is from Fido Tabby Alert, the most popular dog names for guys. I'll do the top 5. Number 5, Cooper. Number 4, Shadow. Number 3, Duke. Duke. They don't mean John Wayne, Duke the dog. I I remember when Duke was a very popular name and then it wasn't even on this list for a long time. It is again at number 3. Number 2, Last year, the most popular name, now number two, Max, and the most popular dog name, I was surprised, Bear, like Yogi, I suppose. The most popular dog names for female dogs, number five, is Sadie, number four, Lucy, number three, Coco, no doubt from the movie, number two, Bella, and for the, mm, 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 I think, third consecutive year, Luna. Luna is number one. Now, if you want to name your dog after a cartoon character, as some people do, what is the most common name that people name their dog after a cartoon character? I would have thought Snoopy would be number one, but Snoopy, I was close, is number two. Number one is Scooby-Doo, the top Star Wars-inspired dog names. There is such a list. Number five is Ray. Number four, Chewbacca. Number three is Yoda. Number, smart dog, no doubt, Yoda Number two, Kylo And number one is Chewy Which, of course, is just short for Chewbacca And the top food and drink inspired dog names Can you believe there's such a list? Number five is Bean Number four, Taco I don't know any dogs named Taco But I guess it's popular Number three is Pepper Number two, Whiskey And the number one top food, drink-inspired dog name is Peanut. We'll talk to you next week bright and early on WGN.